the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman, coming to you on a Thursday, June 17th, L.A. Galaxy back in action Full capacity game coming your way on Saturday. LA Galaxy versus the number one team in Major League Soccer, the Seattle Sounders. We have a bunch to get to. A lot of Galaxy news. We have the first sort of release of what you're going to experience whenever you get into the stadium as well. So we're going to talk about that tonight. So a little breaking news, and then uh, we'll follow that up on Friday with a press release, and everybody will find out everything. Uh, there's Juneteenth to talk about. We have international duty. We have a media call. Oh, my God. So much stuff. I'm excited to be here. I'm hoping you're excited to be here as well to help me do all of this. We're very excited. This is this is big news. I'm going to I'm gonna fanboy a little bit over here. But we have uh, uh, the Spectrum Sportsnet sideline reporter, Miss Nikki K. Nikki, how's it going? Woo! What a party! Yeah, are, are, are you excited? Oh my gosh, I can't wait. It's been like, you know, it was when we first got the schedule released and the broad... First of all, thank you for having me on. But when we first got the schedule release of all the broadcast games, Joe, Kobe, and I all looked at it and we're like, June 19th? That's our first one? But you know what? It kind of breaks in our favor because we get full capacity. Yes. So I, I'm... I'm more than thrilled. I get to be on the field. I get to actually ask players questions in person. I get to join you in the press box at some point. You know, it's 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 really a thrill and a privilege. So thank you for having me on. We're, we're so excited to have you. I know we talked whenever you were first announced and we sort of said hi real quick and that type of thing. And then you were in the press box. I stopped by and said hi, just so that way we could, we could uh, see each other face to face, mask to mask, um, as it were uh, in the early days there. Um, and it was fun because we had a nice little conversation. You and I have had a bunch of little conversations overall and i can tell everybody this is just from my experience so i'll tell everybody but uh you're locked and loaded you're ready to go um i can i can tell you're excited you are engaged you're asking great questions uh in in our in our media calls um i'm i'm excited to have you on i'm glad we have you there's galaxy knowledge here on both sides of the of the screen well thank you and you know it, it honestly the culture of this team and and from what i understand in the years past has made it so much easier to step into as a newbie in the era of Zoom, right? And friendly faces like yourself. But it, I know winning cures all, but um, I can't help but be excited about the, the messages that Greg Vanny seems to provide actually have landing spots with the athletes and the players. And so everyone's been just such a treat so far. So I, I feel very, very lucky. Yeah, it, it's, it is a fun, you know, overall in the press box is tight knit. I know the fans um, are, are fairly welcoming. Um, I, and by the way, winning solves a lot of the issues whenever it's not. So uh, winning is a good thing in the, in the galaxy there, but you know, it was funny cause um, we were, I think we were talking, you were talking to Julian Araujo, I think, and you were saying uh, that maybe you guys had some soccer commonalities there, right? Can you tell a little bit about that story? 
We do, we do. In fact, Julian hails from the 805. I grew up in Santa Barbara, California, and I, I first dabbled in AYSO soccer, but the big soccer club in the 805, uh, even though Julian's neighborhood is a little bit further north, if I'm getting our south, I, I, you know, I get all turned up, but <laughs> he, um, he played for Santa Barbara soccer club as well. And it's, it's really the dominant, uh, kind of advanced club that if you have interest in playing soccer outside of AYSO, that's who you play for. Yeah. It's a, it was, it was a fun little connection there. I know Julian is, I, I, I think in strange ways, I think Julian might actually be living at the apartment complex that I was living at <laughs> at one point. So I just that's I that was weird. I saw an Instagram story and I'm like, I know that place. Yep, that's the place. I so, know that courtyard. I know that courtyard. So anyway, so no, Julian's great too. Um, so much fun to talk to. Uh, how'd you get involved in with Spectrum? Because see, this is the fanboy part of this is that I've told you this. Um, I was watching you and Kristen on Spectrum News during the pandemic, especially in the morning. Uh, with a baby and being home, I was like Spectrum News every single morning because um, I didn't want to uh, to hurt myself afterwards. Most news, I'm like, this is this is a little too heavy for me. But you guys always kept it. But how'd you get hooked up with all that? Well, thank you. I mean, and that's first of all what we strive for with Spectrum News is is to be balanced and to lighten up people's days and not be the harbingers of doom, right? So I went to UCLA. I love sports. I love talking. So I kind of figured, hey, maybe why not try a shot at this broadcast thing and. And my career has taken me from small markets like Twin Falls, Idaho, and then to Oklahoma City, where you're like covering the Thunder and the OU football program. And I mean, they are diehard. So I right. kind of, I kind of understand that the passion that that soccer fans and the MLS fans and the Galaxy fans feel, because sometimes I can get lost in the big space of LA. Right? The right. Lakers are glitz and glam, and you know, football is new here and. Dodger fans are great too. And and that's not to diminish the fandom out here, but to know it in such a concentrated special community. Right. Um, I think that I really gained that perspective living out of state. And uh, once I was back here, Spectrum News, new launch news channel. And uh, just, I love the way they approach things, which is telling stories of, of individuals and characters that everyone can relate to. And honestly, um, being in the building is the same uh, regional network that produces Lakers, uh, Dodgers, Galaxy, and Sparks. Uh, it's been such a privilege. Um, the, these are the teams I grew up rooting for. So when Megan, who is also a good friend of mine, when she was uh, deciding to move on, um, the opportunity was presented to me. I, I did interview for it. Right. It was not handed to me, but um, I really am excited that, you know, I haven't, haven't covered a lot of MLS, but except for the guys on the other side of town, but I'm really, really uh, thrilled to be a part of this this family. And, and as you said, you, you don't I mean, it is strange whenever I saw that there would be, you know, all these seven nationally televised games to start that, and then no spectrum until uh, June 19th. I was like, wow, I don't think that's ever happened before. So it's a it's a long stretch uh, for you guys. But you'll get your first game coming up on Saturday. Uh, FYI, everybody, 6 p.m. Uh, kickoff time. Actually, that's not true. 6 p.m. broadcast time, 6.08 p.m. kickoff time. We like mm -hmm. to be exacting. That's a new thing, by the way. Everybody announcing when the kickoff time is. It's wonderful. It's taken so much pressure off of me because everybody's always asking me uh, what it is. But uh, so glad to have you. And I know we're going to talk a, a whole bunch uh, of Galaxy here. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, I talked to Megan a little bit and she said you were coming over and I was all excited about that. So uh, super happy. But tell everybody at the spectrum news spectrum sports and i said hi because i'm big fans of uh, of everybody there for sure absolutely and we are truly truly grateful for people like you who 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 care 
you know, it, that's what it's, that's what we do our jobs for. So it, it's nice to know that someone's actually watching. We, we, <laughs> we all say that, but if they didn't actually like broadcast any of this, we'd all just do it anyway. Right. We yeah. would do it without anybody listening. I, I always say that. I always say we do it for the fans, but at the same time, I'm like, no, nah, I would be here even if nobody listened. So that's all, that's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, let's get to uh, the LA galaxy. We had a media call and we had something pretty monumental actually we had open practice the first 15 minutes of training were open Nikki you were there um I was not because I never get to make midweek open practices so that will that will probably never be a thing uh, you'll see me at uh, anytime soon so uh tell me a little bit about open practice tell me about what you saw um just what did it feel like to be back there at the at the field as well it felt it honestly felt special and to be there present watching you know, this is this is what we do for for our jobs is to watch these practices in person and live. And after a year and a half of not having that to be on that field was so great. But what I noticed right off the bat was the levity and the joy that these guys trotted back onto the field with after about three weeks off. And they started off doing these great drills that were like almost team bonding exercises that, you know, were, were harkened back to AYSO days where all the guys are standing in lines, like passing balls over, under, over, under their heads and then sprinting around the cone. And what I loved is the competitive nature. You could see the reaction of the guys when one line would beat the other. Um, and it was funny because I didn't really notice what was going on. They were far away from us uh, on the other side of the field during their warmups. But then all of a sudden I, I look through and see the guys rolling balls through the legs of their, right. their teammates. I was like, that doesn't look like a soccer drill. But uh, the keepers were right by us. Mm. And, you know, Bondi, oh, El Gato was just dominating Bondi. And it we were like, even at his age, he's still still crushing it. Yeah, so, he, he's a competitive um, dude. Yeah, what I can tell you, uh, all the words, the lip service we've been hearing, it's, no, it's not lip service, sorry. All, all the things we've been hearing from the players about brotherhood and family, uh, what I saw firsthand reinforced that. Uh, there was cheering, there was joy. Uh, you know, at one point, Jonathan came over to talk to, you know, some of the field players, which I think in a lot of soccer practices, the goalies are, or the keepers are normally pretty um, separate. Right. And so so it just seemed it seemed good energy all around. Yeah, it was funny. Justin in the chat room uh, says, do we have any updates on when fans are able to go back to tra galaxy training sessions? I, see, I give it a little bit of time. Technically speaking, you're never allowed. OK, let's <laughs> just start with that. You're never allowed to go. And then let's tell you you're absolutely allowed to go. Um, but just give it a little feel out period, because I'm not sure everybody even understands sort of where we're at um, with all these uh, different rules and, and different things that are going on. But soon. I'm feeling it, and it feels soon. Um, in fact, this whole ripping off the Band-Aid on June 15th thing seems very quick and, and maybe, a little, maybe a little too quick, but at the same time, it, you know what? Just go for it. I think, I think a lot of people are going to be ready to, uh, to, to party here coming on Saturday, so I, I expect that. But then um, we do open practice. You see all that stuff. By the way, I liked it. You, you were talking to Greg Vanny, and let's get to the media call as well. Um, you were talking to Greg Vanny, and you, you sort of said, um, you know, hey, it looked like you guys were having fun. Maybe some, some ASO you know, drills out there. And Greg goes, uh-oh. And <laughs> I, was, I was laughing because I'm like, no, no, no. I get if you watch the videos and you see what they were doing, yeah, absolutely. It was, it was fun. It was, you know, the idea was that they weren't being so serious. And then Greg made sure to sort of nail that. Listen, we were serious right after you guys left. I know. And the fact that he broke down those drills with the most scientific explanation, I was trying so hard not to burst out in laughter. You know, he's like, our sports science team feels that 
sometimes this is the most efficient way to get players to warm up. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, he didn't say it so, you know, callously as that, but he did try and couch it in a little bit more of a, ser- uh, a more relevant context. Right. But I was just trying to get out, hey, look like the guys that were having fun out there. And, and if that's part of your philosophy as a coaching staff, I think that's tremendous because it truly showed um, with the joy that, that the athletes were showing as well. Well, and, and, and listen, Greg Vanny, I don't know how to explain this to people. I've been through a bunch of coaches. I've been through Bruce Arena. Bruce Arena never does anything with any purpose, but everything has a purpose. It's like, no, we just do it for this reason. But Bruce in his mind is like, there's 17 different layers of why he just had them run this different drill. Um, yeah. yeah. And, he's, and he's playing chess. <laughs> yeah, he is. Oh, well, that was that was my, always my argument. Bruce is playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers, right? You didn't even know you were playing chess and Bruce just, you know, you're done. You're, you're over with, uh, Greg absolutely has a hundred million different reasons why he does every single drill. And it is, you know, he was talking about the long break and being off and he goes, you know, for me, I had plenty of stuff to keep myself busy. And you can imagine Greg Vanny sitting there watching film, going over and over different things, putting out different plans, doing different training things. This is who Greg Vanny is. And I remember when we had him on the show, I sort of said, you know, most players go into coaching because they can't play anymore. That's why they do it. And he was like, almost like, no, 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 I'm, I want to be a coach. Like, that's why I'm a coach is I like to coach the, I like to coach people. And it wasn't one of the, and that's a different, um, that's a different perspective than you got from a lot of the different coaches I've talked to over the years. You know, Bruce is a coach because he's a coach that made sense. Uh, you know, uh, Kurt Anolfo was a player and then became a coach, but certainly you got the, I was done playing. It's time for me to coach thing. Um, out of that, you know, Siggy Schmidt has always been a coach UCLA and all those different things. Um, by the way, we do have a PAC 12 rivalry going on because Arizona state and UCLA. So that's fine. No, it wasn't, at least uh, you're not USC. I was, if it was yeah. USC, there would be a mute button and we'd be done, <laughs> but UCLA I can handle. Not a problem. But plenty of friends at UCLA. Um, so, so you had all those different things, but Greg is this guy who's going to sit in his garage and he's going to tinker and he's going to tinker and he's going to find different ways. And he's going to find, he's going to think outside the box and he's going to think inside the box and he's going to go for a walk around the block while he thinks about all these different things. He is a guy who will drive himself crazy if he doesn't understand every single detail. So him explaining those drills in the absolutely hundred percent. Yes. He was trying to justify it, but at the same time, that's a hundred percent why he does them too. It's like, well, I hated warming up whenever I was a player, you know, and it was like, yep, I get it. Understood. Trying to break the monotony. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I do think out of a lot of the professional sports, the elite soccer players are perhaps amongst the most perfectionist and detail obsessive. Uh, and that makes complete sense with, with what you're saying. And, and I loved that Greg gave us a detailed breakdown of why those, those fun drills were helpful and constructive, but he could have also just said, you know, Hey, sometimes warming up sucks and, uh, you know, and, and, it's a great way to have some levity coming back after a long break. But I also do appreciate how he sees every reason that yep. those drills are are worth their while. Man, it's a night and day difference just in terms of how he sort of manages things. From my perspective, seeing and talking to people mm-hmm. over these years, night and day. Um, that's the other things Greg talked about. Jonathan Dos Santos, because you asked him about injury, which, by the way, thank you for asking about injuries, because I was driving and I couldn't ask and I was hoping somebody would ask about injuries. So injury report. Um, basically, it's everybody but Jonathan Dos Santos. Jonathan Dos Santos working through the return his return to play uh, 
and Greg talks about return to play and understand that when Greg is talking about it, he is talking about this process that they go through in order to check off all the boxes that says I am ready to come back and play and train and be in a game. And so that's that return to play process. He was, I think, jogging on the side whenever you guys yes. were, were yeah. doing that Yeah, we saw Jonah running a couple of laps around and he had a big old grin on his face, waved hi to us each time he jogged laps. So uh, he I mean, he didn't look to be in pain. Obviously, right. I don't know what he was feeling, but he uh, he was out there with the guys do, doing some separate drills, though, uh, for his physical well-being. The other uh, important thing, and, and you talked about the San Jose game. You asked about the San Jose game um, in trying to understand sort of what was going to happen here in the Seattle game. Um, but you talked about, and this has been a theme on the show. We talk about getting Chicharito help, right? You talked about Efrain Alvarez playing up higher. You talked about Kevin Cabral playing up higher. And if you look at, and everybody on this show is going to roll their eyes. If you look at average positions, there's a chart that shows key passing, um, on the MLS website, but it also shows average position. It doesn't tell you it shows average position, but it shows you average position. And what you can see is that in that San Jose game that Efrain Alvarez had a higher average position up the field than Chicharito did. And almost in that same line was Kevin Cabral. So you had Kevin Cabral, you had Efrain Alvarez, you had you had Chicharito. And this is going to be important coming up in the Seattle game is how they link and how they try to find Chicharito in these games. And I thought Greg's sort of talking about this and he always gets it because everybody wants, and I think there's this, this need from the fan base certainly is everybody wants there to be two strikers up top. They need somebody to help Chicharito because it has been determined, and I think it's probably right, is that Chicharito needs help. Um, up there. He's not going to be the creator, but he can play off of a creator or play off of a playmaker or needs another guy to sort of split some of that stuff in order to be a very effective goal scorer. And listening to Greg sort of answer about how this is, he, he is taking the theme and he keeps progressing it, which is we like to have guys up top with him. We we want that to happen. It doesn't mean they're in a striker position. It means that they're going to make those runs in there for Chicharito. And sometimes it's about how Chicharito reacts off of those things, whether it's dropping deep or whether it's pushing up over uh, across the line. It's the varied positions and making sure that they are not always um, you know, sort of uh, predictable, right? And it's that. And I thought just sort of looking into his mind that way, and certainly he talked about San Jose being, you know, a one-off team and their man-to-man marking and how you can sort of create positions. But again, you listen to Greg talk and you can see the gears turning in his head about how he's trying to open up and create offense for this LA Galaxy. And he was disappointed in, the, in basically that final critical stage of play that the Galaxy didn't finish those off. And so looking at the Seattle game and as we transition more to that, that's going to be, I think, the big key is how the LA Galaxy galaxy do in that final third what happens in that final pass well i think it's really interesting too i mean all of javier's goals have come within the 18 and that's where he specializes right he is the finisher and where i was trying to make the connection even though san jose was is that unique you know they present a unique sort of look for the galaxy but there is some commonality with the theme of the struggle the galaxy faced against in in their initial loss to Seattle is that they weren't pressuring their wide center backs enough, right? So how is this attack going to continue to to create pressure around this back line that can be five wide at some point, right? And you hope that the speed of Kevin can, can be making some of those deeper runs, but what you don't want is Chicharito to not be in the position where he can be the threat that he is. So I don't know if that was missing against San Jose or who's necessarily not reacting off the other in the right way. But that's kind of what I was trying to be like, all right, there's other guys up there in position, but like you said, the final exclamation point 
wasn't being dotted. Right, right. And and that's what you see. Well, let's go to Chicharito now, too, because, you know, this was interesting to hear him talk. He talked before Greg, which doesn't normally happen. Usually Greg talks first, then we get players. This time Chicharito talks first. By the way, uh, you can go watch the full media call on uh, on our website, cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can find it there. And I always put them in the order that they speak, just so that way everybody knows. I Because... There's references sometimes to things that go back. And so if you're listening to a reporter's question out of sequence, it might not make sense. So just FYI, you can go watch that corner of the galaxy.com. So Chicharito spoke first. Uh, one of the things is, and I loved it, is Nikki, he's not going to give you any of his <laughs> tactics. And I love it whenever they say um, there's there's no tactic. Like, I'm not going to. Greg can say whatever he wants because he's the manager. But me, I'm not going to tell you how we're planning on attacking Seattle. I kind of, I, that, was, that was a new, um, it, being new to the group, that's something new I learned. Right. But I I had to ask it because I also, you know, you hope that they can understand like, hey, I'm asking you tactical questions as well as questions about your mental health, as well as questions about your emotions. We care about the whole picture, right? right. But I kind of, I, I, I appreciated that he answered me with a little cheeky grin too yes. at the same time. I was like, okay, good. Don't give away your tricks. I, I appreciate that. I mean, that's always the funny. That's always the, so we get that answer on occasion, right? That is the answer. Sometimes it's like, well, I'm not going to tell you what we're going to do against Seattle because we want to, you know, we're going to, we're going to keep it quiet. And sometimes the coaches even say it and, and that's yeah. fine too. Um, the real thing here is that Greg has put together a plan. I don't know if it's it, the way Chichiroto responded. It almost seems like Greg has something up his sleeve again, um, which he tried in Seattle the first time in the galaxy lost three, nothing. And he took a lot of the credit on that Seattle thing. And by the way, uh, Pam in chat room says, uh, no one has gotten through new who in, in MLS so far this season. Right. And you know, so looking at Chicharito trying to get back in behind, um, you know, that back line of Seattle is going to be, I mean, it's, it's the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was, that was one of the things, but Chicharito here doesn't seem concerned. I, I thought the biggest thing, and, and there always is a focus for him on Mexico because, um, with the Mexican national team and how it goes is he threw cold water, on the idea that he's on the preliminary roster and that he's going to go to the Gold Cup and everything. It wasn't so much, hey, that's not going to happen. It was more like, hey, pump the brakes. Let's wait till I'm on the final roster. I've been on preliminary rosters before, so this is nothing. And I'm not going to make it anything until it's something, um, which I think I appreciate a lot of times uh, with the national team stuff. I like guys, especially on the Galaxy, bringing it back to Galaxy things, which is I'm worried about this game. Let's talk about this and, and sort of how it goes. Um, and then just... He seemed genuine, and I haven't talked to him enough to really know, but he seems genuine, Nikki, whenever he says that he can't wait for fans to be back in the stadium. And that was sort of a, a thing across all three uh, of the guys, Sebastian Legette, Greg Vanny, and, and Chicharito, which is the excitement about a full-capacity crowd. I mean, everybody, fans, media, everybody, players, are, are ready for this full-capacity uh, game. I think one thing you can guarantee with Chicharito is that he, he plays with his heart on his sleeves, right? You know, and he's he's almost like the Danny Rojas of, I, I mean, maybe... Ted Lasso reference, some, there we go. Yes, there is the Danny Rojas in him, and I, I love watching his emotions when, you know, maybe his shot's off target or, you know, and it, to me, that shows that he cares, and it's it's... It mean, it's meaningful to him. So when he lights up about Dignity Health Sports Park being at full capacity and the supporters being there, I think it's genuine. And I think, if anything, he's going to feed off that emotion in this game. But what I did really also take away from something Greg said is that, you know, you know having this crowd at full capacity, having a packed stadium, the emotions are going to be high. And the key for them to play measured, controlled, and intelligent off the top and not 
press too hard, right? right. You don't want to be reckless. So I thought that was very, uh, nobody was asking about that, which I thought that was very interesting of Greg to bring up. And I, I do think he has the perspective of a player, which is helping him in kind of maybe set the tone for this team. Like, hey, let's come out and, and we're going to play with control and and intellect first. Yeah, I mean, that that is a great... It's because I think media were so worried that it's going to cool them down, that this break is going to cool them down, that you're not so worried about mm -hmm. the other side of this, which is the guys are going to come out all jacked up, um, you know, coming off this break, playing against the number one team, having fans in the stadium. I mean, there's so many things that are escalators in this. Um, and sometimes as a coach, you want that there. You want that full sort of, hey, go get it. Don't hold anything back sort of look. And then sometimes you want them to be smart. And I think Greg's saying, I, I know the energy is going to be there, so I want them to be smart. Um, I'm not worried about that. So um, there was that. What about Sebastian Legette? Anything you you take away from Sebastian's uh, talk with with us just before we uh, before we move on to international duty? Well, it was it was just nice to hear him talk about returning from his uh, national team responsibility and being excited. And, you know, maybe he could say that any year, but he also had a really high, high moment with, with that team and to come back and be excited about having practice with his MLS squad, being back for a full crowd. I thought, I thought that was significant and I, I felt it was genuine too. So uh, I think I think that was fun hearing from him, and it, it'll be nice to have him kind of back, you know, in the mix too. Yeah, you know, uh, and I said this on one of the shows um, a couple times ago is that Sebastian Jett has played better for the U.S. Men's National Team than he has for the LA Galaxy, and I, I think that that's going to change. Um, but I don't know when that's going to change, right? I don't know when Sebastian Legette is going to sort of hit his stride with the Galaxy in that system, in a spot with consistency. Um, we haven't seen a lot of, you know, um, a, a lot of Sebastian Legette, just one with being suspended for the for the the games um, that he was at the beginning, um, and then he goes away with the national team. So I mean, he has been missing from this lineup, um, and that's sort of the consistency has been missing from this entire LA Galaxy team in the first seven games. We can say that there's been a lot of additions and things like that. There has been, but we haven't had that um, that consistency that you really want to get, which means that we can't really take the temperature of this team, um, and sort of really figure out where they're at. I know a lot of people are saying they're out, so they, they've, they're out kicking their coverage right now. They're, they're, they're playing, uh, you know, sort of above themselves. And I don't know if that's true yet. I have a feeling looking at expected goals that some of that is true, because if you go back and look at expected goals, the galaxy have not been on the expected goals, positive side over their opponent a whole bunch of times, but there's clearly quality here. I'm not going to dismiss but that. Yeah, but then again, I guess I, I have a little bit of issue with the whole concept of expected goals mm -hmm. when it comes to this this uh, club in particular because there are so many new pieces coming together. I mean, you think about the absence of Sebastian, the absence of Victor, who are supposed to be two of this team's best players, right? right. The the guys who pull the puppet strings. And um, yeah, it is, it's funny because I, I was kind of trying to find a way to articulate having Sebastian back in the mix. I was like, I mean, I know he's, he's been around, but he hasn't really been around, but he hasn't really made an impact. So right. it, it is interesting. And to have Victor back, which Greg insinuated with, by, by not addressing him, having any health concerns. I mean, Derek's out of the mix now too. Right. So it's just, it's, um, it's going to be really interesting. And I, I almost feel like, Hey, look at everything they're managing with this moving carousel of faces and names coming in and out, in and out, and yet they're still finding ways to win games, which they are. I don't know. It was 
I don't know. <laughs> you, you can only win the games they put in front of you, Nikki. We know yeah. that, right? So, I mean, you you have to, I mean, an A-plus for the LA Galaxy so far. I mean, really, yeah. you look at the blowout in Seattle and then a 10-man loss to, to Portland. Um, those are the two worst games that the LA Galaxy have played. They've had some not-so-great games that they've won, but a sign of a good team is winning games that you shouldn't win sometimes, right? And they're, exactly. I, I will say this, and I felt this from the very beginning, there's, you know, in MLS, there's so much parity that sometimes all it takes is like that 1% difference, right? And if you're willing to work harder than everybody else, you can make up that 1% sometimes. Um, and this LA Galaxy team, which you can't say over the past maybe three or four years, this LA Galaxy team will outwork anybody in the league. And because of that, I think they're going to get more of the breaks, right? You know, uh, you, you have to get lucky, but working really hard also lets you get lucky. Um, and that's sort of where uh, these guys seem to go. So, yeah, I mean, the the media call um, was good. Uh, the only thing that didn't get asked, which I can give you an update on now, is about uh, Ryan Ravalason, and that's not how we say his name, but until he gets here and tells me how to say Ravioli. it. Yeah, Ravioli. Ryan Ravioli. However, however he wants me to say it, I will say it. But I, I just, I, I try to be accurate. I just can't yet until we we hear him. I actually asked PR, and they're like, we're going to have to ask when he gets here. I'm like, Roger, okay, cool. Um, but I did talk to the Galaxy today asking about uh, Revelason, whether where he was with his visa, everything like that. They said they did not expect him, uh, that he was not in the United States, and they did not expect him to arrive this week. Uh, Kevin Baxter followed that up with a little bit and said uh, that uh, he talked to both Dennis DeClosa and Greg Vanny, and they're hopeful that he will arrive next week. Um, and that seems to be more based in fact than just fantasy um, as it goes. And I would just like to remind everybody, Nikki, because I saw this on Twitter as soon as I put it out, is everybody's like, what, this guy signed like two months ago. It's been less than a month since he signed. So we're really at like four weeks right now um, where Listen, it goes. This might be one of my hottest takes yet, but I might go so far as to say if he's not in the U.S. today, he probably won't be playing on Saturday. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a hot take. Uh, <laughs> we, will, we will accept that hot take. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not going to be playing. Somebody asked me if quarantine rules had changed. Um, I will say no. For the most part, they really haven't um, from what I've seen. But I'll also tell you this. I don't expect that's going to stop anybody playing anytime soon. I think that everybody is doing the best they can with testing and everything else. And I also yeah. think that the quarantine rules aren't as hard wired as everybody thinks they are. So uh, just FYI on, on all that stuff. Uh, let's go uh, quickly on to international duty because it's something we talked about on Monday's show. It was something I was a little fired up about. Augie Williams and Sierra Leone. We talked about the suspect COVID tests that were delaying things. And there was supposed to be a game on Monday. They were supposed to play. And then all of a sudden, I think eight players on Sierra Leone tested positive, even though that morning they had tested negative. So um, Augie Williams was upset about that. Uh, we didn't know what AFCON was going to do uh, with all that. And what they ended up doing is playing the game the next day and everybody got to play. Uh, the good news is Kai Kamara, uh, MLS Kai Kamara, uh, Cal State Dominguez Hills Kai Kamara, a guy who everybody says should eventually land on the LA Galaxy, but I don't see that happening at least anytime soon, uh, scored at a penalty kick, I think in the 18th minute or 19th minute. Uh, that was the one nothing difference. And for the first time in 26 years, I believe, Sierra Leone has qualified for the African Cup of Nations. Um, so Augie Williams will probably be on some uh, 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 international duty, international breaks whenever this, this comes up. But Really, that's kind of fun. If you if you're a big fan of Augie Williams and what's going on, that's fun. That's that's a fun well, thing to see. It's so remarkable seeing him. You know, you, you see the picture with him and the flag around his shoulders, and and you've got to imagine. I mean, to be able to represent your country and be able to be a, a part of history like that at such a young age, that's a memory that 
you don't lose. That's with you forever. It's an accomplishment forever. And it's, it's really special. And I'm so excited that he got to experience that and be a part of this team. So, you know, it, I'm, I'm a Sierra Leone fan yeah. now. Too. I, I mean, so that's, you know, always whenever we talk about this, you know, there's always so much, and I think MLS overdoes it a little bit. There's so much focus on, on the U S men's national team and on Mexico that you don't get to talk about some of these other things. One of the other, you know, we have uh, people who play for Panama and Honduras, um, you know, Costa Rica, Costa Rica. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we there's a large gambit that we can cover with all this stuff, and it's fun to sort of get the... I would never watch a Sierra Leone game. I would never watch highlights just because it's not necessarily... But seeing um, Augie Williams and what they were able to accomplish and seeing the trials and tribulations... Go back and listen to Monday's show. I sort of laid out a whole bunch of stuff. They got stopped at the border for like 12 hours um, at, at a different border because they didn't have COVID tests and just, uh, you know, a, a ton of stuff. So Corruption um, at its finest. It's, it's, I don't know. I don't know anything that... I yeah. mean, I, you know, I'm joking about a matter that shouldn't be joked about probably. It, but, it, it is. I, I would say that, <laughs> that perhaps you're even correct on, on some of that. Certainly with the COVID tests. I mean, AFCON had to intervene twice on sort of faulty or suspect COVID tests. Um, so uh, that's it. The other guy uh, who's away right now is with Panama, and that's Carlos Harvey. Um, and he is supposed to be back. The only two guys who weren't back from international duty were Augie Williams and Carlos Harvey. Um, Greg said in his press conference, in his media call, uh, not a press conference, I always make that. It's a media call. In his media call, um, that... Uh, yeah. Yeah, th those are two different things. Press conferences are like glitzy, all right? So, oh, okay, yeah, you know? roll out the red carpet. That's right. Um, so Carlos Harvey and Ar Augie Williams were expected back this week, so we'll see if uh, if they made it. He said, you know, as long as there's no passport stuff, and he started laughing because we always talk about passports and visas and everything else, Nikki, and, and Greg's sort of like, I'm going to be sick of all of this stuff here yeah. real soon. So. <laughs> Always fun. But yeah, so that's where it was. Uh, looking at uh, the World Cup qualifiers for Panama, I did not see Carlos Harvey pick up any minutes in any of the three games that they played because they played, um, let's see, I think on the 8th, the 12th, and the 15th of this month, and I didn't see Carlos Harvey in any of those. So um, he was around the team. He was there. I just don't think he was either on the team sheets for any of those games. Um, so I, I don't think he got any minutes. And trying to find some of that stuff is, is a little glitchy sometimes. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that. it's hard. Um, one of the big things going on this Saturday at the game, actually, you know what, let's stop for a second because, uh, we have a super chat from Herb, uh, Herb with a $25 super chat. Um, Herb, the, we're, we told Herb, we're going to make him a memorial. Um, even though he's not dead, it's going to be like the M Herb memorial, like, you know, corner of the galaxy desk or something like that. Uh -huh. Um, so anyway, Herb says, uh, welcome Nikki. Shout out to hammer as always. Can't stress this enough. Great work, Josh. Uh, uh, hashtag Herb Memorial. So there we go. I think we could maybe get like Herb's name on your mic arm or something. Yeah, maybe we could put this is like the Herb Memorial microphone. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. Yeah, right. Uh, if anybody has ever looked at the wooden spoon, it was in my uh, it was in my office for a whole year, um, which uh, is is an ugly, ugly trophy to be looking at for a year. Uh, but it's called the Anthony Precourt Memorial Trophy. And that guy and that dude ain't dead either. So um, it's all, always fun to, to sort of have memorials. In loving memory. Oh, man, that's an ugly trophy. Don't ever put that in your office. I think it's like a Horcrux and Harry Potter sort of sucks life. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, so it was, it was a lot of fun. Let's talk about uh, something a little serious and also something that is new this year, and I'm glad that it is new. Um, the LA Galaxy are going to be celebrating uh, Juneteenth uh, throughout MLS and the Galaxy, and certainly this Saturday uh, coming up. Now, I have to admit, and this has happened in the last year, that really I had no idea what Juneteenth was, and I, I did not learn this in school. And so it's one of those things that I, it was fun. I was 
was uh, sitting with my 10-year-old, and we were sort of going over this video today, and I got to explain some of the stuff that I learned. Um, and my 10-year-old also is a history buff um, and explained all of the Civil War to me. So it was uh, it was really interesting how that all goes. Um, but I, I want to give you sort of an idea of, if you're stupid like me, um, is that you know the Civil War began April 12, 1861. Uh, Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation um, on September 22, 1862. Uh, the Civil War ends May 9th, 1865. Um, I know there's somebody in our Discord who's going to love that I just did, did a history lesson on some of this stuff. Um, June 19th, 1865 is whenever we have Juneteenth. Uh, and that's whenever news of the Emancipation Proclamation and probably even the end of the Civil War reached Galveston, Texas, which was sort of the last sort of stronghold um, of slavery there in the United States. And so that's really what this is all about. And it's interesting because today uh, President Biden actually came through and made Juneteenth a federal holiday. So officially a federal holiday. Um, so as everybody celebrates and, and goes on on uh, June 19th, the LA Galaxy are doing a ton of game activations. Um, some really cool numbers that are going to be on the jerseys and some silent auctions and some stuff. Um, but before we get to to any of that, I wanted to get to a, a video real quick. And this is the LA Galaxy are going to play this video. And I know a lot of times in the stadium, you, you maybe miss some of this stuff. Um, so I wanted to play it here. So here's a video courtesy of the LA Galaxy um, about Juneteenth. 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 And American Independence Day. On June 19th, 1865, news of the Emancipation Proclamation and the end of the Civil War reached Texas, legally ending slavery in the United States. And by ending one of the most egregious chapters in American history, a celebration of freedom was born. The holiday was celebrated primarily in the African-American community, and in many cases in the face of public resistance. But the celebration persisted, flourishing with each passing year. Today, Juneteenth celebrates African-American culture and freedom. While simultaneously bringing awareness to the manners in which that same freedom has been delayed due to the institutional and systemic oppression in America. Serving as a pertinent reminder that nobody free until we all free. No one is free until we're all free. No one is free until we're all free. No one is free until we are all free. No one is free until we're all free. All right, so uh, there we go. A little video by the LA Galaxy. That's going to be playing at the stadium, I imagine, uh, during this. I hope everybody in the live, uh, live chat could hear that because um, I'm not sure it came across on my side, but I saw it uh, flashing on the uh, on the live side, so hopefully we, we got that for you. So um, that's the video that's going to be playing. Um, and for uh, you know all of our audio listens as well, you can go to the stadium and look for that video. Here's uh, some of the things that are going to happen at the LA Galaxy game. Um, there's a whole bunch of things. Uh, the Galaxy are going to recognize the East Side Riders by Club um, again, and we have had them on our podcast, um, and they're just an amazing, uh, fun group. And uh, our our interview that we did with them was was a ton of fun. So uh, we we enjoyed them. So they're going to be sort of. Uh, 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 recognized as the community partner for the match. Uh, there's a special Juneteenth ticket offer. Go to LAGalaxy.com and a portion of all ticket revenue will be benefited uh, Eastside Riders Bike Club, so that'll go there as well. There's the Juneteenth flag, which, Nikki, I, I didn't know there was a Juneteenth flag, and um, it, there is one, and I think I got the right one because there's about seven different versions of it, so that was that was new for me. Um, so I didn't, yeah, I didn't know there was one either. I, th this is all very informative to, to me as well, and I think that's if we can all just kind of sit with this too, you know, because it, it's so important for us to 
learn and educate. And, and I, I agree with you. They, I didn't know either. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So they're going to do that. Uh, the game worn kits will be available at the silent auction, uh, spe uh, specially designed number and letter sets on those kits. Uh, the black national anthem will be sung before the game. Lift every voice and sing is the name of that. So expect that before the game, the hero of the game will be Gladys Jones. Uh, Gladys works at uh, MLK hospital in Willowbrook and has volunteered with the East side riders bike club for the last 13 years, including during the COVID-19 pandemic in which she helps serve a portion of over 300,000 meals distributed by the East side riders bike club. So that's awesome. Uh, Victoria block, uh, all of the supporters group in the Victoria block will be partnering with the assistance league of Los Angeles to host a school supply drive to improve the quality of life for at risk children in Los Angeles. All new school supplies can be dropped off at the Victoria block tailgate behind galaxy T. TV near uh, lot 13. Um, so yeah, so that's uh, that's where we sort of sit with all these different things. I think the number kits are amazing. They look great. Um, there's a whole bunch of history behind that as well. If you go on the MLS website, they can sort of give you all of the history of how these were designed um, and and sort of how they uh, how they came about. All these different designs and the things that they have there. So uh, a fun little addition to uh, what's going on, and, and hopefully everybody understands. You know, uh, a, a, a day of remembrance uh, more than a day of celebration, but at the same time, um, you know understanding sort of what you're going through, um, you know, whenever you're going to the game and what you're going to be seeing and, and why all that stuff is. I think there's a lot of symbolism that'll go on in this game. So kind of kind of interesting to dive into it a little bit. That was my like afternoon today was researching all that and, and taking a look and I'm, I'm better off for it. Definitely. No, absolutely. And this is league wide to the MLS is making this push and every team will be cel celebrating, remembering appropriately, along with the black players for change and those jerseys that are auctioned off those will go to benefit or proceeds from those will go to benefit black communities. So um, I hope that this becomes a day that is kind of uh, we move forward with in years to come that becomes like any other day of um, maybe honoring and I, I know celebrating is kind of a, a loose term, but you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it's, it's a day that we can like, just like the pride celebration, right? Like yep. that we can, we can, uh, all, all recognize its importance together. So, um, it, uh, definitely another cool layer to a big day for this galaxy fan base. Yeah, it is. And, uh, FYI, Antonio is asking a uh, home white or tech green. It is home white, uh, this weekend. And, it was always going to be home white whenever you saw the number kits. Um, the home white works with those number kits better than I think the tech green uh, does. Even though they're green, there's going to be a clash of greens in there somewhere. That's why I think uh, we're, we're sort of in the in that white phase. Uh, and I would like to remind everybody, the home team picks the outfit. So the LA Galaxy are going to wear white and that would force whatever um, Seattle's going to wear to be dark uh, with a little bit maybe warmer. I don't know. It's supposed to cool down this weekend, I think, eventually. But, you know, it's still a 6 p.m. game, not a not a 730 game. So maybe there's some advantage mm -hmm. to playing in the in the home whites there um, for uh, for the LA Galaxy. Uh, let's get to the standings a little bit, Nikki. Uh, we talked about it mostly fo focused on the Western Conference today. Um, we are looking at Seattle. Seattle, who sits at top 2.25 points per game, 18 points, uh, five wins, zero losses, three tie, three ties. They are one of the few undefeated teams in Major League Stalker still as it goes. Uh, the LA Galaxy are undefeated at home, however, for 
O and O, and they'll put that record on the line there. Um, you have to go a long way down to sort of find some of the favorites uh, in the Western Conference again. Colorado is in fourth, Houston in fifth, San Jose in sixth, Portland in seventh, Salt Lake, LAFC, Austin, Vancouver, Minnesota, Dallas, and then um, you can go over to the Supporter Shield as well. The LA Galaxy sitting fourth in that. Seattle is first, just if everybody's sort of paying attention. But the schedule thing here is a big deal. And the reason it's a big deal is it's not just the Seattle game, Nikki. The Seattle game is 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 a big deal. It's a big deal on its own. But we have a game here that's going to be played on Saturday. Then the LA Galaxy will go to Rio Tinto to play the Vancouver Whitecaps on Wednesday. Then they're going to go to San Jose and PayPal Park on Saturday, June 26th. Um, so it's rapid fire basically from here on out until they get a 10 day break between the Wednesday, July 7th game and that Saturday, July 17th game, um, which will again be away at Rio Tinto against Vancouver Whitecaps. And that's a little international break there for the Gold Cup that is coming. So, um, yeah, I mean, what do you make of this schedule outside of the Seattle game? Looking past that, this is a rough stretch. Yes, absolutely. I mean, three games in seven days is what a, a phrase we've heard out of Greg Vanny's mouth a couple of times over the past me- media availabilities. And then also on top of that, you know, he really addressed this stretch as the dog days of MLS summer. Right. So, you know, they're they're getting ready for it. And I think they know this is a big match on Saturday, but I also think they know that it's one of they're going to come hard and fast after this. Uh, and I think you look at the caliber of opponents that Seattle, the Sounders are, and and the guys are, are, are determined, but I think they know one result will not make or break the momentum they've been building towards. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, you know, quickly past the schedule, I want to get to the schedule for Saturday because it's time we sort of start talking about the game without talking about the game because there's so much stuff to cover that's happening even before the game. We've talked about it. The LA Galaxy are hosting a welcome home tailgate presented by Modelo on June 19th in conjunction with the Return to Capacity Stadium. Uh, we look at this. There's, there's, uh, This is the, the timeline of everything. 12 p.m. Dignity Health Sports Park, parking gates open. 12 to 5.30 p.m is the welcome home tailgate four to four forty five uh, special performance by LA artists and galaxy supporter MERS. Uh, there are other performances before that as well. And I, and, and we've even played, let's see, can we get, uh, uh, the, the, the sound? Let me see if I can bring, I have, I I've heard that, uh, we're going to get, we're going to get a performance from this guy as well. So, um, I know we played this song a bunch of times on this uh, on this broadcast uh, as he's led us, but also performing, I believe, uh, at this tailgate. So make sure that you're there early um, and that you can do it. Um, 6 p.m., the LA Galaxy versus Seattle Sounders comes in. That's a, the full capacity crowd coming in. Now, in my hot little hands, uh, I have a, a, a pre-release that is supposed to come out on Friday. Yeah, I know. Breaking news. Ooh, so special. Um Nikki, you and I were talking about this beforehand. I, I was expecting this earlier in the week, and um, I know, listen, I talked to the Galaxy. Things are changing like every day in terms of the requirements, and trying to put something down on paper that doesn't change is is the difficult part for all of this. Um, and so uh, I wanted to get this to you. We expect that this is basically correct. I, I sort of have to put this disclaimer. It's basically correct. It's probably not 100% correct. There might be some small details that change, but the main just of this is is going to be true. We wanted to tell you on this show what you could expect whenever you go inside the stadium when you're around what's going to happen. Uh, so face covering when at Dignity Health Sports Park, all guests except for children under the age of two are strongly recommended to be fully vaccinated or tested for COVID-19 within three days before attending this event. If you are not fully vaccinated, it is strongly recommended that you wear a face covering. 
coverings. These recommendations are compliant with the current guidelines from the state. Um, those are all strongly recommended and no mandatories. If if I if I read that correctly, is that is that what you're getting from that uh, there, Nikki? That is absolutely the recommendations and the the strength of those recommendations. I am feeling, and it's also kind of what I'm feeling when I'm walking into any store now, and I'm like, well, I'm vaccinated. Do I need a mask? I guess not. Right. But you know, it's kind of it's it's crazy, but. Yeah, it's it's all it's all strongly recommended. Yeah, I, I will say I will say this. Um, I was in North Carolina. I was in Maryland, and they were open already. Whenever I went there, and so you you get to look at everybody sideways every time you go in. Are you wearing a max mask because you're not vaccinated? Are you wearing a mask because you're just being careful? Like, and mm -hmm. why am I getting the dirty look while I'm wearing the mask? It, it's this is what you're gonna do. I, I'm probably going to wear, I'm going, I'm probably going to wear my mask for some part, portions of it. Maybe I won't for all of it, but I've been in some group situations recently and it's sort of like, okay, you sort of have to just feel out what you feel comfortable with. I will tell everybody they're going on the, uh, on the honor system here. You, you say you're not vaccinated, you say you're vaccinated and you're not going to wear a mask, then they're going to believe you. And if you say you're vaccinated and you're not, well, they're also still going to believe you because that's, that's how it goes. Well, as a member of the broadcast team, I still have to go. I'm vaccinated. I still have to go get a COVID test tomorrow. Right. And when I'm on the field, when I'm on camera, I do not have to wear a mask. When I'm off camera, it's strongly recommended that I'm wearing my mask. And that's also because of my proximity to everyone on the field. And then I guess even during on-camera interviews at this point, right. I still need to be wearing a mask, even though I'll be six feet away. So, yes. But yes. but this could all change. I. Right. But at least I get to be there. You know, so it is very I feel the same way that some people might feel. But it's it's like if you if you feel uneasy, wear your mask, yeah. you know, that's, and, and, that's it. Yeah. Hopefully everybody sort of apply, uh, you know, abides by all that. And I, uh, I hope that all of our listeners are at least honest with all that stuff. So please go yeah. enjoy. We want everybody there. I can't wait to see people. Um, I will take pictures with you. Come up and say hi to me. I'm absolutely there uh, at halftime and I will, I will, I will do my best to, to get to everybody. But um, yeah, uh, just go enjoy um, this thing. Clear bag policy still in uh, effect. Accessing your tickets. All of them are going to be on the AXS app. You're basically... Um, they're, they said swiping a credit card or driver's license will no longer be permitted. They're trying to go no contact with all this stuff. So fans should download and log into the LA Galaxy app, AXS app prior to arriving the stadium to ensure all their pre-purchased parking passes and tickets are accessible. Um, one eight seven seven three galaxy if you have any problems. The Galaxy Express shuttle, um, I learned from Long Beach Transit today that that would be back in, and this seems to uh, to say that it also will be back. So the Harbor Gateway Transit Center, uh, the Galaxy Express will be running that. Also, I think from the Del Amo station um, that that will be running as well. The parking options, if you plan to park on site, we encourage you to pre-purchase parking. Um, that's kind of one of those things. Uh, use parking gates A and B from Avalon or gate D from Victoria Street to access the stadium. Uh, we talked about the welcome home tailgate, the Juneteenth celebration, concessions. Uh, fans can enjoy a $2 pregame discount off of draft modelos through, through the LA Galaxy app up until kickoff at stand seven across from section 135. Throughout the match, fans will be able to order concessions through the LA Galaxy app and have them ready for pickup at designated concession stands. Um, this is actually a fun one, and I, I read this. Merchandise. Uh, people have been asking when the store in front of the stadium is going to be open. 
It's going to be open, Nikki. They're going to have, that's, that's what it says here. Unless they change it, that's, that's where we're at. Uh, the LA Galaxy team stores inside the stadium located near the northeast entrance and on the south end of the stadium, as well as outside of the stadium in Legends Plaza, will be open on game day. Um, cashless experience as much as possible. Uh, I think we covered all. Yeah, we got it. There we go. That's all, that's, yeah. that's all the stuff. So that's what you can Just expect. your game face. That's right. That's right. So um, you can get all this stuff. Um, uh, you can get, you can do all the stuff you, you know, again, bring your mask with you if you want to. Um, if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to, everything is sort of in that recommend. And Ben in the chat room says, Josh must've been in rural Maryland in the DC Baltimore suburb. Masks are still very common in public. Yes, Ben. I was in very rural Southern Maryland. I was in the sticks, Ben. Um, Wait, Josh. Yes. We have failed to address, address one very important topic. Yes. It's, it's national mascot day it, and we didn't. Cosmo, it's National Mascot Day today? Yes. We should have got Cosmo for an interview. I mean, that was my fault. Listen, I didn't know. This should have led the show. This It should have been. We should have been eating tacos and, and talking to, to Cosmo. That should have been the most important. Thank you for bringing that up, Nikki. I had no well, idea. That's I'm, what I'm here for, you know. <laughs> I am I am disappointed in myself once again. I've always said that one of these days I will get, you know, Cosmo on the show. Um, I'm going to I'm going to figure out how to do it eventually. We're going to we'll, we'll figure all that stuff out. So from um, us to you, Cosmo, happy National Mascot Day. Absolutely. hundred percent. The best mascot in all of sports, as far as I, I think I that's that's my unbiased opinion, of course. Um, one more thing from MERS, uh, a special edition exclusive since 96 T available at the merch table, limited print. Um, so if you go see MERS, limited print, there it goes. How many hundreds of dollars have you spent on concert tickets, Nikki? Because they are selling concert tickets again, and it's really hard for me not to buy them. I would just... It's, it's so difficult. And then also now, I mean, during COVID, flight, or flight prices were so down. You know, there were no concert tickets. And now I'm looking at everything being like, Oh, life's expensive. Yeah, I was I was gonna say, you know, being in being in seclusion sometimes uh it, yeah. it helped maybe help the pocket, but although Amazon was I was rolling through Amazon uh deliveries yeah. like crazy. So I don't know <laughs> if that's the case. But I got I got tickets to a concert in September. I was so excited. I'm I'm really what one? uh I I'm a big everybody on this show should know. Um, but I grew up a huge something corporate fan. Um, and the lead singer of that is Andrew McMahon. I know nobody knows okay. who this is. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm learning, learning, we're learning on this podcast. So so Andrew McMahon mayhan was the lead singer in that he went off and did andrew in the wilderness uh my son's name is jacob andrew guessman um for that reason and so um i we try to go to his shows any chance i get um and so he's playing at the observatory uh which used to be known as the galaxy theater uh in costa mesa uh actually it's in santa Ana, um and so it's at the observatory which is like the local place and so um he's bigger than like people think it's just you've heard his song nikki you just don't okay. know you i'll send you oh, okay. i'll send i'll send All right. you you'll, i'm you'll looking know. forward to this one you'll know so anyway yeah see antonio knows he's laughing at my something corporate see i know antonio i still have the shirts antonio i, still, I, I gotta i gotta get with it i i still have the shirts um so that's where we sit let's go now to what you've all been waiting for is the other galaxy versus seattle sounders this is a 6 p.m game time on spectrum Sportsnet with miss nikki k kobe jones joe Totino. Uh, the the holy trinity there for on the sidelines and in the booth for the LA Galaxy game. So that's where you can watch it if you're not going to this game. I will tell you, there's tickets available. 
you can still go to this game if you want to. Uh, the LA Galaxy 5-2-0 versus the Seattle Sounders 5-0-3 battle of the top teams in Major League Soccer. And not only that, but the battle of Chicharito versus uh, Raul Rui Diaz. Chicharito has seven goals. Rui Diaz has six. Uh, Seattle is undefeated this season, but hasn't won in their last two meetings, Nikki. Uh, the Galaxy are 1-4-2 in their last seven games against Seattle. Uh, and the last time the Galaxy won was at Dignity Health Sports Park against Seattle. Um, 9-23, September 23rd, 2018 was the last time the LA Galaxy beat the Seattle Sounders. It's been a little while um, yes. in, in, in all this stuff. And so um, that's where uh, that's sort of where we set up all this stuff. I mean, uh, I went back to try to find Seattle's last regular season loss. Uh, their last regular season loss was last year, November 1st uh, of uh, 2020 at Colorado. That was a 3-1 loss. And if you're trying to look at their last loss, um, just in terms of how good Seattle is, just in case everybody just has forgotten for some reason, you wipe 2020. Their last loss that didn't come in the regular season but came in the postseason was an MLS Cup loss to Columbus. That's the team that you're going up against. Nikki, uh, Greg Vanny was talking about the Seattle team and called them, you know, this mature team. I know Larry Morgan asked him the question, um, you know, why does, why, why is, uh, why are the, uh, the Seattle Sounders such a, such a, what did he say? He used, it was alliteration. It was a, it was an F and an F. It was something faux. But anyway, I remembered, I heard Larry say it and I was like, formidable foe, formidable foe. That is what it is. Miss Nikki Keg saves the day. (laughs) Um, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Larry asked formidable foe and Greg had this big long answer, which I love whenever Greg gets on a roll, um, and talked about the maturity of this team. So, um, you know, what, what, what do you see from this game? Well, and something that really stands out to me too, after their first loss of the season when you're looking for a measuring stick on what it means to lose three, three, nothing to them. And I think it was even in answer to a question you asked Josh, where he's like, Seattle is the standard of this league. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's stuck with me when looking at the galaxy's two losses. Right. And then you, you kind of, I don't want to say discount the one to the timbers, but when you're, when you're losing a, a man out there, it means something as well. Um, I don't know. It's it's interesting because there seemed to be so much wrong against Seattle that you would hope that the simple fixes could maybe turn the tide a little bit in the Galaxy's favor. You know, whether it was the defense defense or the attack, but what was happening, I think, in Seattle can turn you over really easily, right. and because they're so experienced, and they they flip that um, if you're not. Per- careful with your possession they flip that into a really quick counter attack and then you're you know when you also have a defense that's learning each other as early as they were in their first mat or first meeting it it it's disorienting right. so i think when you look at basically everything that the galaxy did not write in their first meeting maybe they've made some strides and maybe this isn't a three nothing shutout maybe it's not a win but Maybe it, you see a progress being made in the right directions, at least. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. I went back to the to the game notes from that three nothing, and this was a game that Greg tinkered with the lineup a little bit, right? And so mm-hmm. he tried. He tried. I think he went with two forwards up top and tried to create something, um, you know, that he wanted to see. And so his uh, his quote. It's a long one. I won't read the whole thing, but he goes. Uh, I think I asked him what his initial thoughts on the game it might even be my question. Uh, he says, "I owe a lot of how we set up in the." G-. He he goes, "I own a lot of how we set up in the game. I wanted us." 
to get a hold of the ball a little bit more. We had guys in decent spots, but we didn't keep the ball. We didn't get the ball switched from one side to the other side as quickly as we would have liked. We turned it over too much, and then we were exposed. We were too far apart from each other defensively. Our back line wasn't so much connected with our midfield. Front two stepping out, and they were able to easily just play through us. We were just disconnected. Uh, we, uh, we didn't defend the wits very well, so that was kind of the theme that kept happening through most of the first half. Um, you know, that Greg has a way of, of saying the 700 things that went wrong in this game in very yeah. succinct way in like three sentences, right? Well, it's funny because yeah, I listened to that. I'm like, okay, so everything was wrong. Yeah. Like, you know, like it was, you didn't get the attacking opportunities you wanted. You turned the ball over and the defense was disconnected. Yeah. So where is, you know, and if all of that was wrong and if you could fix one or two legs of that bubbly stool or broke stool and, you know, maybe you can just kind of teeter on it to hold yourself afloat, you know, long enough to maybe maybe capitalize on a lucky opportunity against this back line, which is a formidable foe. It, absolutely. 100 percent. Larry and his alliteration every time. The man's a genius. Um, he's been doing this for a long time. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, again, we talk so much about the day. It's funny. I have a I have a preview sheet um, that I do for for most games. Um, I'll show it to, to our video audience if they if they want to see it. But I have a preview sheet. Oh, I like that. And I go through and I list like, you know, the best player on the team, right? You always want to know who the best player is. Uh, so for Seattle, I, I was like, well, I mean, it's Rui Diaz, but it's also not Rui Diaz. It's the Roldans. Well, but it's also Brad Smith. And Brad Smith was a huge thorn in the side of the LA Galaxy when a lot of this happened. Um, you know, there's still, I, I don't know, I, I believe Stefan Cleveland is still going to be um, in goal, but I don't know if Stefan Fry got enough rest and is healthy again. I haven't seen that whole thing, and I've been trying to follow the Seattle injuries and the whole things. We know Jordan Morris is out, that type of thing. Um, but, you know, they haven't missed a step. I mean, Cleveland has two shutouts since he came in and played, you know, in his game. So this Seattle defense is extremely difficult. This is the measuring stick. I'm with you, Nikki. I don't know how this game turns out. I mean, I, I have a feeling the galaxy lose this game. Um, but I think that if you don't have it be as lopsided as it was, and remember there were two goals in two and a half minutes, I think. In, yes. Yeah. In that, in that first game, that's what broke the yeah. LA galaxy. That three, that third goal, I always said, just throw that out. It doesn't matter. That's not a thing yeah. to worry about because the galaxy were trying to push and trying to get a goal back and, and do all that. And they didn't get it done. I understand that. Um, yeah. Seattle is, is, the most dangerous team in Major League Soccer. They're number one for a reason. Um, maybe they haven't played it their last two games, and maybe the LA Galaxy can find them slipping up. But Greg Vanny said this team doesn't make mistakes. Um, and I think that's really, they're going to be able to manage this game um, on a, as much as possible. And uh, Mike uh, Gray, which is great. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it, buddy. Um, goes in the chat room, says that Alex Roldan got called up by the El Salvador national team. So uh, without Alex, there's still Christian you have to worry about. Uh, Raul Ruiz Diaz got called into Peru and then was there with the World Cup qualifiers. And then for some reason, he didn't make the Copa America team. And so he's back. So he'll be in for this game. Uh Hey, <laughs> you know, I used to make fun of teams, uh, Nikki, who would always say, oh, well, I'm glad David Beckham's not playing. I don't want to play against, you know, the best player. I'm like, no, no, I want the team at full strength every single right. time. I, let's see them all out there and let's see then let the chips fall where they are. You don't want injuries or those things to sort of affect these things. So, you know, if Seattle's the best team mm -hmm. on the day, then they should win. Um, so this is going to be a really really interesting game for me. Uh, I, I just want to see, just give me the measuring stick, you know, back the LA galaxy up against that cupboard door and let's see how much they've grown uh, since the last time yeah. we, we had them. Right. Absolutely. No, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, and, and I think if you're a fan of this team and knowing the quality of the opponent that's coming into dignity health sports park, 
You just want to see the Galaxy uh, make the game closer than it was the first go around. And I know that goes without saying, but at, at the same time, all all the the dominoes are stacked in a certain way that it, it's going to be a tough task for this for this squad. But it'll also be really intriguing to see. And especially talking about the obsessive and the the perfectionist personality of Greg Vanny, you know, he when he came out that first match and said. I, I own a lot of this loss. Well, what you know, he's probably been stewing over it since. Right. So, what yeah. what what is he going to come out with? Yeah, he's got a Seattle voodoo doll in his uh, in his closet <laughs> somewhere. I'm sure. Well, also with Toronto, there were there were those battles with Seattle and, and the MLS Cups as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, he he wants to get this right, and he wants the players. You know, Greg is going to set this team up now, I think, in a much different way than he would have, obviously, in that first game. And he, he, he has a little bit more knowledge. He's gained these little pebbles of knowledge. He's put them in a sack. He's sort of been like, OK, we're, I'm building this. I can sort of understand. And this is where this is one of those games where he's going to lay those all out on the table and he's going to pick his most dangerous one that he thinks. Now, without Derek Williams, that's an issue. Possibly a Sega Koulibaly uh, debut in this game. In fact, I would I would kind of lean on that and, and count on mm-hmm. that just in terms of who they have available um, and where that goes. Uh, a return of Victor Vasquez possibly to a starting lineup. Uh, Sebastian Legette in a starting lineup. I mean, there's a lot of things that like, you know, Efrain Alvarez may not start this game because they're going to have uh, a midfield that is there. But we have the question question mark around Jonathan Dos Santos as well and whether or not he plays. And usually you'd see somebody like Carlos Harvey come in and sort of maybe fill that defensive role better than, um, you know, an Adam Saldana or anything else. Um, and so, you know, how does how do they sort of make up for that? Then you have Kevin Cabral, you have Grant Sear, um, you have Chicharito. You know, there's a good chance you're going to see a very strong L.A. Galaxy lineup come out, maybe stronger than we've seen all year if we anticipate Sega Koulibaly being that sort of next step guy where, you know, he may be a starter here in the, in the very near future. Yes, absolutely. By the way, I love Sega's energy. Love that. Sega's so much fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. So it it was funny because you got the first question on him and I I think we were all sort of like, well, we don't know how this is going to go the whole deal, but Sega comes in, gives us a thumbs up. You get to talk to him and the guy lights up and I, it's just like, Oh, this is going to be fun. Okay, cool. This let's get, you know, then it was like, Oh, I have a question. Let's, let's ask questions. Yeah. Minutes before he sits down, I'm Googling how to say happy birthday in French. Uh So I hit him with the bon anniversaire uh, off the top. And I think I could have probably said it in a more casual way. That was just the first thing I saw, but you know, he, he was like messy, messy. I was like, all right, we're in. <laughs> That's right. You, you you did well. You and Larry. Larry had some French uh, with one of the uh, with one of the French players as well. I think with Grant Sheer. And I was like, Larry, where are you getting this? He's like, Oh, I took French in high school. I'm like, And you still remember it? Okay, cool. Thanks, Larry. Um, very hey, fun. That's, you know what? I'm, I'm the same boat as Larry. High school friends. <laughs> oh, I, I took Spanish and I can't speak that either. Um, so uh, so that's where we sit. Uh, let's see. My policy is that I get to guess on games. I don't know what your policy. You're calling the game. So if you can't, that's fine. I will tell you that I think the LA Galaxy lose this game. And now the chat room gets all angry at me. Uh, I think they lose it probably by a 2-1 score. Yes. I, I Listen, I think there's going to be steps here. I think there's going to be positives to take away. And that's what I'm looking for. But Seattle's still Seattle. Um, Greg says you have to run through them in order to win a championship. Um, and I get that. Um, and right now, I don't know if the Galaxy are ready to run, you know, sort of cut off the the snake's head of Seattle um, in this. So uh, for me, I think 2-1 loss. Um, but I think there's a lot of positives to be able to take with this and then go into that Wednesday game and then go into that next Saturday game. So out of these next three games, I, I, I'm looking at six points. Seven points would be amazing. Uh, nine points would be out of this world. But I really want to see six points 
And I'd even probably be okay with four points because going to San Jose is a tough place to play as well. So um, sort of looking at that uh, a whole, you know, where I sit, it just, it feels, feels too soon to be sort of, you're going to be able to take on Seattle, but um, that that's where I'm feeling. So. Absolutely. I won't make a prediction, but I've also been looking at like the, the greater trends. I mean, we talked about what happened against Seattle, but where this team is trending right now, I like what we're seeing from the defense, uh, cl- more clear, first two clean sheets, right? And right. then uh, in, in terms of the identity of the attack, I think we're seeing something coming together, more players being involved, uh, those chances not necessarily being punched in. Right. But I would hope that you, despite a three-week break, those chances are still coming. Maybe they are not being punched in quite yet again. But um, I, I would like to see the Galaxy be ag- aggressive. They want to be an attacking team and not get turned over. So yeah. we'll see, it, you know, and, and Greg says it begins with pressuring those those two wide center backs and, and we'll see what he draws up for that. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I agree. Uh, East Super says Seattle winning is not a gimme. It's not a gimme. I think this is going to be a difficult to play game, but Seattle is very very good at managing these away games, right? And so that's they, they have the maturity there. I want to see the, that maturity from the LA Galaxy now. Tell me that you're learning. Show me that you're learning. Show me that you know how to break down a defense that is one of the best defenses in Major League Soccer. Um, if you can do that, then I really think that uh, there's going to be something uh, to this LA Galaxy game. So again, LA Galaxy versus Seattle Sounders coming up 6 p.m., 6.08 kickoff time on Spectrum Sportsnet if you're watching on TV. Otherwise, you should be at the stadium, um, and this should be a a really interesting game. Number one in Major League Soccer versus number four overall in the Supporters' Shield, number one versus three in the Western Conference. So uh, I don't think you can ask for much more. And then away the LA Galaxy go uh, with three games in that next eight days. So uh, a busy schedule for the Galaxy coming up here very soon. All right, Nikki, anything else... uh, that you want to get to you by the way before we even get there thank you for coming on you did an amazing job um you you. you you were very comfortable the chat room was giving you all sorts of uh of of, of plaudits and and Woo-hoo. and high fives so uh so you did great but um yeah anything else that you want to talk about before we go no just that i'm incredibly uh lucky grateful and excited to be a part of this family thank you for having me on if you guys see me around the stadium please come up say hi I, I tend to hug now that we can hug. I'm a hugger. I'm a high fiver. So I, I'm really excited to meet and get to know every one of you. And if I say something wrong, please correct me and know that it comes out of out of uh, love and uh, excitement. So I, I I'm just so thrilled to be part of this this corner of the galaxy. See. <laughs> See, that's why we did it. Um, that was that was good. Uh, by the way, uh, next time you come on, and I assume that there will be a next time, um, we're going to have you do a dramatic game preview. So we will get you ready for that next time. So yes. you, we'll give you the music and everything, and you'll have to do our you know Sunday, Sunday, Sunday uh, dramatic game preview. So next time, Love that. that, that'll be on the cards for that. All right, uh, Nikki, why don't you tell people where they can find you, and we'll, we'll get on out of here. Awesome. You can follow me on Twitter at Nikki KSN1 for Spectrum News 1. And you can follow me on Instagram. I'm Lil Nikki K and it's lil.nikki.k. Come uh, chat with me. There we go. I'll see you guys Saturday. Very good. Thanks, Nikki. We appreciate it. Oh, wait, Josh, it. Yeah. we have one more thing. Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, wait. Hold on. Yeah, no, wait. Guys, here yep. we go. One, two, yep. three. three. Okay, good. Uh, if you're if you're looking for me, you'll have to watch the video to get that. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over, cornerofthegalaxy.com. Podcasts, game previews, videos, all that fun stuff is right there for you. Cornerofthegalaxy.com is where you can find it. All right, everybody. 
Games, Seattle, LA Galaxy, Dignity Health Sports Park, Saturday, June 19th, 6 p.m. Spectrum Sportsnet. That's where you want. All right, for Miss Nikki K, I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye.